I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Brian Cass, Managing Director and President of CMFG Ventures. Let's start with the venture capital business. What do you look for when somebody comes to you with a proposal seeking funds? You know, one of the, the criteria that we look at first and foremost, uh, we're a corporate venture capital arm of an insurance company that serves the credit union space. We work with about 97% of all the credit unions and also work with about 1,200 banks. And so we're really looking for early stage fintech companies that can leverage the relationships that we've established with all of these banks and credit unions with either products that can address gaps or needs that they have or that have solutions that can be offered to their customer base. So you're specifically looking for something that sits within the space that your parent company's in and the credit unions they service? Correct. And I would say we're an an insurance company, but we're really looking at investing in companies adjacent to insurance. So these would be companies that offer technology that banks and credit unions need or other types of financial products that the members and customers of those financial institutions need. So it could be lending solutions, various banking technology, financial wellness are some of the core solutions that we invest in. But we also will occasionally invest in companies that could be very disruptive to traditional financial institutions. So we do have a few challenger banks, for example, that we've invested in. And I think as a, a corporate venture capital arm, you know, part of the reason we set up CMFG Ventures is to really get an inside look at what's happening in the financial services space. And I think there's no better way to do that than to be an investor in some of these very innovative and in some cases, disruptive companies. Well, it's certainly true that there's been, there has been historically in the last few years, a lot of money chasing investment in fintech. Is that going to be changing though? Because obviously money has been very cheap. It's still relatively cheap, but it's going to get more expensive. How do you see the marketplace changing? I think it feels inevitable that we'll see things start to cool off. I think the advice that we're telling our portfolio companies is to preserve capital just uh, in case we enter an extended downturn in the market, I think we'll start to see valuations generally start to cool off as well. And with that said, though, we're still seeing deals that are getting done, that are getting oversubscribed. So I think it's really on a company by company basis that you need to look at. But I think at a macro level, the the market is going to enter a, a cautionary period. And and I don't think we'll see the level of investment or the rise in valuations that we saw back in 2021. What I find interesting is you, you started off talking about telling people preserve capital. This is not rocket science. This is business 101. But it's something that people will not have faced before. Unless you're of a certain age, people will not have faced this before because we've had a long, fairly long bull market which is coming to a crunching halt for all the reasons that everybody would know about. You know, it's Ukraine, it's supply chain disruption, it's the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line is money's not going to be as free and easy as it was. 
you actually have to have a real business. You have to manage your money properly. You have to manage your business properly. You have to show me you've got a real business in terms of your cash flow and your profit and loss. That is exactly what the market is going to reward or penalize a company. I mean, it's really going back to the business fundamentals as you uh, as you suggest. And, you know, I think the days of, of, you know, just kind of pumping money into companies that either don't have uh, strong revenue models, or in some cases, no, no revenue models at all that lead to a path to profitability are really going to be challenged and stretched to, to find capital in this market. And we're really encouraging the the founders of our companies to not only to preserve capital, but really ensure that the business principles and fundamentals are very sound. Well, this is the point where I hark back with my graying hair to the dot-com bubble at the end of the uh, last millennium and what people used to talk about there and the way they demonstrated their machismo then was to talk about their burn rate, not how much money they were making, but how much money they were spending. And it didn't matter that you weren't making any money, you had a high burn rate and you were getting first mover advantage and you were staking your claim until the money ran out and you didn't have a business and you went bust. I I think we'll see certainly a a number of companies that will encounter similar fates to some of the the dot-com companies of the early 2000s. In some respect, I know that statistics uh, that I've read that there's over 10,000 fintech companies in North America alone. So there's, you know, one fintech for every bank and credit union out there. And so um, just when you look at the, the, the size of the market has not expanded in terms of, you know, the number of consumers uh, needing banking services. So, you know, there's going to be consolidation among fintechs, some will fail, others will will be acquired. And similar to what we're seeing with traditional banks and, and credit unions, you know, we're seeing around 300 to 400 credit unions each year merge into other credit unions. So the number of traditional financial institutions is going down. We'll see the same thing probably at an accelerated pace uh, with, with so many fintechs out there. It's kind of inevitable. What you're talking about there, about the the way the credit union universe is shrinking, is something that we've already seen happen with the building societies in the UK over the course of the last 20 to 30 years. It's a much smaller world than it used to be in terms of the number of institutions, but one or two significant champions in the mutual space have emerged. And that's kind of inevitable. It's, it's, it's partly to do with technology. It's partly to do with business. It's partly to do with changing consumer habits and changing consumer behaviors. I'm just going to stick briefly with the issue of valuations. What we have is a lot of unicorns. And I have to say, I think quite soon it's going to be unicorn hunting season because a lot of businesses that are currently valued at a billion dollars plus just aren't worth a hundred million, realistically. I'm not asking you to name names. I mean, I think there was, or has been an explosion of companies uh, uh, that achieved unicorn status. And 
I think what we've seen with companies that have gone public, you know, many of them now are being you know, comped against more traditional financial services companies. And, you know, we're seeing those valuations come down from sort of the the, the peaks of, of where those public fintechs were trading. You know, some are now trading at 10, 15, 20% of their market highs. So, you know, I think that will spill over into some of the private companies in the venture capital space. You know, it will be interesting depending on how long we go through this period and how much capital companies have on hand. You know, will we see a number of down rounds in the subsequent year or two with companies that that aren't able to get the same valuations that they had at their last capital raise? And I, I think we certainly will see more of those versus you know, over the last three years, it was almost unheard of for companies to have a down round from a valuation standpoint. Point to conclude on is an optimistic one, though, and it's simply this, that if you're looking at a business that has a sound concept idea, that has the right kind of people running it, that employs the right kind of engineers and developers to make that concept come to life, and it's in the area that you want to invest in, you're still going to invest in it. It doesn't matter whether the market's going up or the market's going down. If there's a sound business idea and a sound business, and it makes sense for your parent and for the people they serve, you're still going to invest in it, aren't you? Everything else is just noise. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We, we will continue to invest in, in companies that we think have quality business fundamentals. You know, we are continuing to make investments in this environment because we do think there are companies that have sound businesses. There's a demand for these fintech partnerships and sort of our goal, in addition to investing, is going to focus on bringing the, the fintech and, and traditional banking and credit union uh, system together here. So a lot of work to be done, even in a choppy market uh, that we have today.